The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is a WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. Right now that time, 8.16, you're listening to WGNS on this Tuesday morning. And in studio with us this morning, we have Murphy's Bro City Manager, Craig Tyndall. How are you this morning? How are you? I'm good. Great. So you have been busy. There's been a lot going on. I mean, there's just so much growth here. I guess I could just record that and say that each time. Yeah, well, that's true. It's pretty consistent, it seems to be, yeah. Well, uh, recently, some of the things that have been in the spotlight include everything from course the landfill figuring out what to do with garbage in the future and then on top of that you've got building projects going on in downtown murfreesboro and then also the community investment funds so there's a lot happening that's true yeah we are at the point in our budgeting cycle where we're going to take a look at our community investment program or what we call our cip this is the capital projects that we invest in Um, And so we've got some preliminary uh, work that we've done on that. Uh, We'll be um, working with council here in in October uh, to narrow that down and uh, figure out what what it is that we want to do immediately. We we do a five-year plan, so uh, we look ahead for five years. Um, Some of what's on our plan, uh, well, the vast majority of what's on our plan is roadways, and so we do get Uh, assistance from the state on those because a lot of our roadways a lot of our major roadways are state highways we we work with tdoc tdoc's been very uh very good to us uh so some of some of the funding that we have on on our um schedule is funds come from different places federal grants state money Um, but right now we're looking at about preliminarily we're looking about 1.2 billion dollars worth of projects that we have um about Rough numbers, $600 million of that is financed already, either financed or grant money. Uh, so that leaves us still with, and I've estimated, so the numbers don't really, the math doesn't work out, but we're, about, we're close to about $700 million in our CIP that's unfunded over the next five years. Now, I know a lot of the road projects, they were kind of mapped out several years ago with that mm-hmm. Murfreesboro 2035 plan. Yeah, the, the, uh, it's uh, if you look on our, our website and you look through our GIS system, you'll see the plan on there. It's a 2040 plan, uh, so we put another 10 years on there. Um, uh, it And it shows some of the plans for the major roadways we have in there uh, for, for developing roadways, improving the roadways. Of course, we, we have the regular maintenance that we do on the roadways, and so that uh, that's also in addition to what we have on on uh, the 2040 plan that's a that's a look forward a plan forward um but the roads that are under under engineering right now where we're doing engineering drawings and uh, or under development you'll see some of those um uh, not all of our roads are the city projects so um those who want to talk about new salem that's a state project i'm i'm afraid we uh, we're not involved on that um to to the now to this degree uh, it's really the state's the state's work there, and, and I know that they're working as hard as they can to get that done. And, of course, directly off of New Salem, you have the B.C. Road extension mm-hmm. that's going to basically go over Stones River. And, and will that connect right at River Rock Boulevard? That's about where it'll correct, uh, connect, rather. 
Um, that is a that is a city project, but it does span uh, an interstate. So once that happens, we're we're back to working with the state very uh, very carefully to make sure that we do all of our engineering work and uh, the construction work uh, correctly. You don't want to interrupt traffic flow on in an interstate that uh, that causes a lot of problems. So. So we're working uh, closely with that. That is a big plan, and that will help the uh, traffic that goes east-west, uh, particularly a couple times during the day, uh, hopefully alleviate a lot of the backup that we get. So will that be eventually two more bridges across I-24 with the extension of Rutherford Boulevard going to Warrior Drive and then also the BC Road Project? Well, um, that's a good question. I think the the uh, the... Extension of Rutherford Boulevard will be the one that will span I-24. BZ Road project that we have on, ongoing right now and is in process. That will extend, and it will connect up with River, river Rock, and that does span the river. So, I'm sorry, but uh, I, I may have answered another question than we asked there. <laughs> uh, but the BZ Road project, um, uh, that's in process right now. It will connect up with River Rock, and it does span, like I said, the... Uh, the river there, uh, which takes a little bit of time. Road, road planning takes quite a bit of time. Uh, it's it's not something you do in a few weeks or months. It's it's actually a year's worth of planning. And when you talk about state roads, it can be as long as about eight years in order to get everything uh, planned, engineered, financed, and then start the construction. Uh, it does take a considerable amount of time. You know, it's interesting. I, I know most of this is not in the city limits, but 840, whatever 840 was first brought up it was around 1975 i was reading about it and uh of course it, it didn't actually get built until i would say 2000 or so is when it first opened so it's wild how long some projects really do take when they involve the state yeah well the state or, or uh, federal or even even local roadways take much longer than what people really think but when you put a roadway in you don't want to do it wrong uh, you don't want to interrupt the other traffic flows. It's a, it's a complex project, probably a lot more than what people realize. Um, so it does it does take a considerable amount of time. And if you if you're deep into transportation planning, and you talk about a four year time span, time span, um, you're getting people really tense <laughs> because that's a short period of time. It sounds long, uh, but you're when you're involved in it, it the time goes really, uh, really quickly. And um, and so you have to be cognizant of that fact and when we try and explain people about transportation and transportation planning um you know the, the hardest part sometimes is to explain how long it does take to put that planning into effect and to make sure that it's the most effective and efficient and doesn't interrupt other um transportation that's it's ongoing at the same time hey, and speaking of 840 on or rather on Broad Street at 840, there was a proposal not too long ago of having a massive recreational type park mm -hmm. out there. And of course, from what I understand, that kind of fell through. Well, yeah, they ran into, uh, they, they opened their park in Arizona uh, and and had their projections in place. Um, their projections, I think, were done was done before uh, the uh, pandemic hit. Uh, it affected some of them. Uh, there was a lot of after effects that that came from that, um, where you know teams teams would be planned to to come to a tournament and and one child would get sick and then the whole team is is out. Uh, not like in the old days where a child would get sick and and they'd leave them at home and let them get well and everybody come and play. So 
they had some difficulties out there and what they decided to do is retract really and, and focus on Arizona and make sure that that gets up and running fully um, operating and funding its uh, its debt service and then um, and then look for expansion after that. So was that land already sold and did it close or is that land still owned by the family that was going to sell it? I believe the family has sold it. Um, so our, our participation in that project, they, they uh, did a search for a lot of different cities in Middle Tennessee. They wanted to come into Middle Tennessee. Uh, we uh, talked to them. We showed them what we had. And they selected Murfreesboro as an excellent spot to put that, that project in there. Um, and then we did some preliminary work on, on roadways to make sure that it could handle the type of traffic that would come into a facility like that. And that was the extent of our involvement, really. We didn't, we didn't participate any more uh, other than preliminary discussions. So on the land side, the city wasn't involved in the land and uh, wasn't incentivizing that portion of it uh, at all. So uh, we don't have a lot of uh, insight into that other than I understand it has, the family has sold that um, and uh, a developer has approached the city and that we're talking with him about what would be best to go over there. And in other big news items, I understand United Communications has announced the installation of a, a massive fiber network here in Murfreesboro. Right. Yeah. That's a. Uh, it's United has done a, a really good job. Their their initial mission, as I understand it, was to make sure that the rural uh, areas had uh, cable and um, a good connectivity into the in, into the internet and the systems. Um, and they've done a fantastic job with that. Um, they are essentially local. Um, you know, they're part of Middle Tennessee Electric, and um, which is, lo you know, has its headquarters here. Um, so it's great to see a local company start to roll things out. They, they've concentrated on other places because that was their primary mission, and now they're rolling into uh, different cities. Um, they were in Smyrna, let's say a year, maybe a little bit more than that. Um, where they focused on Smyrna. Um, Murfreesboro is a little bigger bite to chew on. So uh, now they've, uh, now that they've incorporated the fiber network that we had with the electric department, uh, they're able to turn and, and uh, really capitalize on that and expand out. And and whenever you have, you know, redundant services where you, you know, a company can have choices of who they go to for right. high-speed internet and they have a backup if they want with another company. Uh, whenever you have that option in a city, does it really help to lure in more, I guess, large-scale businesses? It does. Um, the, uh, the the primary thing when you when you talk to a business uh, with uh, a lot of employees that want to move into a city, the primary thing, of course, is labor. They want to make sure that they have people. So uh, you can offer them a lot of things, um, but if they don't have the workforce, then there's not much they can do. So labor is number one. But the next thing that they turn to is where we're going to be, and then how is it served? How is it served with electric, water, and sewer? And then now, and that was the old days. Those were the questions in the old days. But now the primary question, uh, in addition to all those, is where's your fiber network? And with labor, because we are an area that has such a low unemployment, how hard is it for companies to come in and, and build from, you know, from scratch, open up, and then hire enough employees to actually work at their facility? Well, it's difficult, but it's difficult all over the country. Uh, the the labor the the 
statistics on labor for the workforce that a lot of the larger companies that are coming in, and, and it's, it's segmented. So, you know, you'll have um, the workforce that are, is more labor-oriented and hourly wage-oriented, and then you'll have the, the higher um, uh, compensated employees. So there, there's the labor force is segmented. But it's, it's difficult. It's difficult in a lot of different places. And we have the advantage of having a university here. And if we can capture a lot of the students that are at the university and coming out uh, and have them stay here, and they have some excellent programs over there, um, Dr. Otter and his, his program on, on data analysis and how they use it is a fantastic program. We have mechatronics uh, that MTSU is focused on. Um, you have construction or, uh, concrete management, fantastic program. You know, we have one of the largest privately owned concrete uh, companies just up up the street. So capturing that workforce and, and keeping it here and giving them the job opportunities, because a lot of a lot of people who come from different areas and go into these really, really good programs um, uh, want to stay. They, they realize the, the lifestyle choices that are offered in Mur- Murfreesboro and they do want to stay. So, you know, it's it's. I don't want to say it's a chicken and egg, but it is sort of a chicken and egg. You want to have the jobs here to keep them, but you want to keep them so you have them here so you can get the jobs to them. So um, it's uh, it's something we struggle with, but I will tell you that all over the country, other cities are struggling the same way. Again, Murfreesboro City Manager Craig Tyndall on the air with us and in studio this morning. If you have any questions, you can text those to us, 615-893-1450. Again, you can text the questions, 615-893-1450. We're going to take a short break, and then we will be right back. Right now, the time, 830. Again, you're tuned to WGNS. Rising interest rates are making the news, but what if you need a new car to get to work? At Heritage South Community Credit Union, we help when others won't. And we could help you get a break from your interest rate when purchasing anything that rolls or floats. This includes newer used autos, boats, RVs, motorcycles, and more. But hurry, this limited time offer ends soon. You can learn more or apply online at heritagesouth.org. Terms and conditions apply. Insured by NCUA. If you have ever dreamed of relaxing by your very own koi pond, we can make that happen at Animal City. We carry a variety of products and livestock to make your dream come true. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. Be sure to check out our downstairs level, complete with indoor pond and tons of furry cute critters. Animal City, your family-owned and operated pet store for 33 years. You can find us at Animal City at 919 Northwest Broad. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. We'll see a few scattered showers and thunderstorms at times here this afternoon. Partial sunshine develops a high in the mid-80s. Tonight, partly cloudy skies develop a low near 61. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 71. 
Good morning. Still a lot of traffic volume here on 24 up through the Hickory Hollow area. That's what we're looking at live right now on 24 westbound at Bell Road, Hickory Hollow Parkway. As you leave Rutherford County towards Nashville, it's picked up with more volume just in the last few minutes on 41 up by the Nissan plants. Hey, Nash Painting services all of Middle Tennessee, especially Rutherford County. Call Nash Painting today or better yet, check them out online. You'll be impressed. NashPainting.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Right now that time, 8.32. You're tuned to WGNS again on this Tuesday morning and Murfreesboro City Manager Craig Tyndall in studio with us this morning. And if you have any questions that revolve around the city, you can text those to us at 615-893-1450. Again, 615-893-1450. Well, we've seen a lot of uh, press releases lately in regards to the funds that uh, were, I guess, made whenever Murfreesboro Electric was sold to Middle Tennessee Electric. So today, how is all that coming along, and is it in an actual investment at this point, and when will those funds be used to help out different nonprofits or different organizations in our community? Right. The um, uh, the fund, everything's proceeding as we had planned. Uh, we're moving forward pretty quickly. We have our... Uh, Board of Trustees will oversee the uh, uh, Murfreesboro Investment Trust, Community Investment Trust, uh, and that uh, that board right now is in the process of selecting what's called an outsourced uh, chief investment officer, and that that chief investment officer will be the person, uh, you know, part of a much larger organization, which is why you, you go and outsource them. Um, that will make uh, and help help the board make investment decisions to maximize how the investment. Obviously, you want to invest very conservatively because of the type of fund it is and the trust and the restrictions on it. But um, you know to maximize the investment that they can get out of that. Uh, so that process is proceeding. Uh, the funds right now are invested, and um, because of where the interest rates are right now, uh, they're not doing too bad. Um, and so that's that's where that portion of it is at. Is at uh, as a portion as, as part of that trust. There's a, co- a committee on contributions, and that's the committee that will consider applications for grant funding that will come from the trust. Um, they are actually we're meeting this morning uh, over at the um, at the Murfreesboro Airport to uh, to put together the uh, they're in the process of putting together the software and uh, where people will apply for grant funding um, and that. You know, building that software out, we've we've hired a, um, a a software company that will have makes it online and makes it a lot more accessible to uh, to nonprofit organizations to come in and submit their applications and ask ask for funding, which will happen next year. So the funding will actually uh, funds will be available, and um, a city will no longer fund what we call um, our all of our strategic partners. We've kept some of them. We kept the ones that are governmental in nature, like the uh, uh, the library and uh, the Chamber of Commerce, which helps us on economic development and uh, workforce. Um, they do a great job in wor- labor force development. So those, those that's, that's where we're at in the process. Um, we anticipate um, fall rolling out uh, the software that will be available to uh, for grant applications. 
and um, uh, moving along pretty well. We've we've had some good help. Angela Jackson, Karen Lampert with the city uh, have done a really good job on the uh, committee side of putting things together, and of course the trust side, which has the responsibilities for the investments, is moving forward pretty pretty quickly with with their tasks. And I guess one of the goals is to not so much touch the actual lump of the sums but instead utilize the interest of it each year to to use in different organizations uh, you know as the grants but you'd be basically living off the interest for the lump sum of that more or less uh, you hope so <laughs> you can't really control what the returns are going to be but that's what you hope so we'll we'll have over the next where are we at uh, we closed in um, July 1st of 20 I think and so um, we're a little more than three years into it. So we have about 12 more years of the incremental income that will come into the trust uh, and build up the trust um, uh, balance. It's called a corpus, but trust balance. It so will build it up. Uh, and uh, it's anticipated, depending on investments, that that will be a, a substantial amount. And then um, in future years, depending on how the investment returns, it may may decrease that balance. But we're talking over, you know, 40, 50 year type time frame. So it, it will I mean, ultimately, it's going to be a great investment, I would say, for the city. But on top of that, it's going to be a great opportunity for a lot of nonprofits. Yeah, yeah, it, it will be. Um, right now, the way it's structured, we'll have funding very close to, if not a little bit more than what the city funds right now in, in our strategic partnerships. Uh, so there, you know, the, that amount of money that goes into the community really won't change, and then it will increase from there. Uh, so we do have opportunities to really uh, assist in in the community, and then a portion of those funds do come back to the city, which will assist us with the capital investment projects that we had talked about before, and, and that's a substantial amount. So having, having that uh, income coming into the city and then being able to leverage that through financing, um, which really you have to do when you're talking about projects that are, are several millions of dollars before you even start the project. Um, so it'll assist us with the financing over the long term and that, that'll be greatly helpful. Now, another big news story that we heard a lot about, I guess, a month or so ago was the start of a new development fee or impact fee here mm -hmm. in Murfreesboro. How is that coming along? Because that was put into place, I guess, what, July 1st? It went into effect, I believe it was July 1st, um, and it, it seems to be coming along fine. Um, it, it's, it, it impacts really people moving into the community. Uh, it impacts developers, not directly or you know, indirectly because they, the costs are passed uh, through uh, and helps to fund some of the growth, some of the, the costs that are associated with growth of people moving in. Uh, and that's what, it's, that's what it's intended to do. It'll take some time for that to build up so it can really make an impact. Um, but all the communities around us already do it. So it's not really from, from that standpoint, it's no surprise because the developers are used to it. They're used to it in, in other communities and other areas where they develop. Uh, very few just do Murfreesboro. So they've seen it. They understand how it works. Uh, so it hasn't been really a, a major uh, issue thus far. 
And then as far as developments go, I know there is a big development coming basically to right here where we're standing mm-hmm. uh, at the intersection of Broad and South Church Street. How is that coming along? And tell us more about that. Well, it is a uh, mixed-use development. It's about a seven-acre. Uh, it'll incorporate, like you said, where we're standing here um, between Vine and Church Street on the north side of uh, Broad. Um, all of that a- a- area behind City Hall where the old city buildings were. Uh, and then across the street where it was, par- where parking was for the um, the former police headquarters. All that in there... Uh, We've talked to a developer who's interested in doing uh, a development over the next couple of years, a mixed-use development that'll incorporate office, um, it'll have a hotel, um, and and they've talked with uh, a lot of the major hotel organizations who are very excited to, to put a hotel, which we are lacking here in the downtown area. So they've had really good response out of industry on that. Um, and then uh, retail, uh, restaurants and stores, and then um, residential, so it'll have condominiums um, and um, um, apartments. And things like a bridge over Broad Street connecting walkers, you know, from this side of the square to the Cannonsburg side, is that going to be city-funded, or will that be private dollars that build that pedestrian bridge? Yeah, the uh, pedestrian bridge, part of it is funded with a grant on pedestrian um access that uh, the state has so we do have some funding for that uh, i don't know if it'll be all the funding because we haven't designed it yet what we'd like to do is to have a bridge that um, is is well designed and become somewhat iconic to murfreesboro so it's well recognized uh, so we have to put a little thought and effort into that um, it may be you know if it's if it's a little bit more expensive but it becomes a really a feature that people recognize from murfreesboro it's probably dollars well spent um, but the park side, and, and you raise another aspect to uh, the development that's here, that um, they work together very, very nicely, and that's the, uh, the linear park, the community park across uh, Broad Street. So on the south side of Broad Street, there is a creek that runs underneath there, Town Creek, and um, I can't remember when, 30s or 40s, it was put into a conduit and went underground and nobody thought anything more about it but uh, right now the conduit's failing it's the you know the infrastructure is aged and that gives us an opportunity to go back in and rethink what needs to go there uh, so that'll be opened up what's called daylighting so that will daylight the creek uh, and create sort of a park atmosphere that will open that area up and so broad street as you see it now uh, will um, with these two projects if, uh, if well, the, the park's going forward, um, it's funded some with federal dollars that, that we're going, some with city money. Um, and then the Broad Street development, which is going before council on Thursday, uh, is um, subject to approval by councils to, to how we move that, that forward. But both those together will really change uh, both Broad Street and the major access point from Church Street into the downtown area. So it'll be a substantial enhancement to that area. So downtown Murphy's, bro, over the years to come, it's going to look a lot different. Of course, the square itself is, I'm guessing, going to kind of hold the way it looks, but everything around it is going to change. Yeah, well, the historic has a historic, uh, the downtown has a historic look. So we've done a lot to really maintain the aspects 
that come out of that that look and that feel including the design of this project uh, plays very well off of what downtown looks like so it's not some kind of modern glass structure just slapped on to the uh, edge of downtown and what we what is now maybe considered the edge of downtown but we hope it's not because we hope the bottoms we've talked for a long time about the historic bottoms area being redeveloped so that would put it in more or less in the center of things um, but we want it to be incorporated into the look and feel of, of Murfreesboro and we've made a lot of effort and the developers as well recognize that and they've made a lot of effort to make that work. Now, assuming nothing has changed with the developers, the developers who are behind the plan, they've built similar developments of what they're going to build here in, in other nearby historic areas. I, I, yeah, I believe they have. Uh, I think they, uh, they from from our due diligence on it, they, they appear to be the right group to be able to, to do this. It's a hard task. A mixed mix use is uh, a mixed-use development that incorporates a lot of different elements from you know commercial and residential and, and retail is difficult to pull off from a development standpoint. It's difficult to finance. It's hard to build. Um, but once it's done and done well, it really adds to a community. And, you, and you'll see that all across the country in various cities, including cities our size or even smaller. Now, is there any concern about the development that's going on that has kind of paused in the area of First Methodist Church? Is there any concern of that continuing to move forward? Well, we're working with the developer right now. Um, you know, I, I will tell you, if I'll be very open and blunt about it. We're, we're extremely frustrated about the time uh, that that has taken to, uh, to move forward. Um, we think some of it, some of it is associated with what happened during the pand- pandemic because they started the process before that happened and so that set set things back a little bit had to change the plans which always sets things back um, but there's been opportunities we, f- we feel like to, to get things going and move in in the right direction and those per- perhaps haven't been capitalized as well as as we had hoped and so we are um, uh, working um, pretty closely and and we'll do what's necessary from a legal standpoint to to move that project forward as quickly as we possibly can. They've had they've had sufficient time to do something. Another development that is going on is at Joby Jackson and I twenty four a new Bucky's gas station. I uh, understand land is now being cleared to make way for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- what is the city? How does all that look? That with with Bucky's with Bucky's. Well, I have. I don't know. A lot of people have been to Bucky's now a lot more than they have been before. If you've been in Texas, you've probably the, uh, at least seen Bucky's, and they're huge. <laughs> they are huge, um, and you think, well, why? You know, why would I? Um, Care about a new gas station. Yeah, care about a new gas station and stop until you go into one and then you you get the excitement and you see what what it's really all about. They do an excellent job. They have um, great food there, surprisingly. Uh, Well, you know, it shouldn't be surprising once they they get going. You've heard about Bucky's, but they really do have uh, a lot of great product offerings. And it's just just, uh, a a draw. So uh, we're excited about it. They do... Uh, it's a it's a great location. Uh, they do a lot of gas sales, as you would assume, with the uh, size that that they are, and being on 24, um, that's 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 a good thing. It's a good thing for uh, it's a good amenity for travelers. It's a good amenity for the the city, uh, and uh, it will create substantial tax revenues for for the city. So, 
Um, no complaints there. They've been great people to work with. Uh, they really have. It's taken them a little bit to put the land all together because they needed quite a bit of land. Uh, it's a great location for them. So things are working out very well with uh, Bucky, and we appreciate them taking a look at it. And then looking at their layout, it looks like they're incorporating like a greenway-type area as well on their property. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I haven't seen the design lately, and it's <clears throat> excuse me changed a little bit over time. But, um, but you know, they're, they're, they're very willing to work with communities uh, and do what is really beneficial to communities. Um, they do have some green space that they usually put around their stations because travelers will want to stop and if they're traveling with a pet uh it's a it's a nice to have a place that's uh, done and of course out there the other thing you have to look at is um, management of stormwater so you know and then moving closer into town on medical center parkway i know there is still a lot of concern about room for emergency vehicles and there has been some talk about doing things to widen the shoulder of the road or add an extra lane just doing something in order to allow for emergency vehicles to be able to get through there during times of traffic right well um there there is a project ongoing we have a project right now to uh um address medical center and the traffic that's on a medical center was built to be to, to to be expanded and and you'll see that as you drive down you'll see the um uh traffic infrastructure the traffic lights and things are built back far from the roadway and that's to allow another lane to go in and uh, there's a large project there clary park and another lane is part of that project that's going in um, so so we'll have to uh, continue that that process um, we'll, the notes life project on the 20 acres at gateway and in medical center will probably be starting after the first of the year um, when that goes into effect, we'll have a plan that we'll address. One of the, the good things about, um, one of the bad things about large venues is they create a lot of traffic. One of the good things is they create it for a short period of time and it can be managed um, because it's all coming from you know one location generally. And so you can manage that pretty successfully. You can allow for emergency vehicles. Um, of course, you know, if, if you look at all the cities across the country, you know, you can build roads as big as you possibly can, and um, they'll fill up with cars. And, you know, if you go to Los Angeles, you know, it's concreted to no end, and yet traffic is is way backed up. So yeah, it's an ongoing process. It always will be. We'll always manage it. Uh, emergency vehicles, you know, nobody likes an emergency vehicle to be stuck in traffic, but, you know, the, it, the reason it's an emergency vehicle is they have all the equipment there to address it. You want to get them to the hospital as quickly as possible, but they're in a good environment where they're, they're being, the people there and there are being well taken care of. Uh, people here do respect it quite a bit and get out, get out of the way so they can move along. And we'll continue to work with um, the, uh, the hospital facilities, uh, St. Thomas and Vanderbilt when it comes in to make sure that they, they have good access to it. But um, it will be it'll be a process as we go forward, and and there have been answers developed. If you think about Nashville, I mean, you think about Vanderbilt, where Vanderbilt is, and the traffic around Vanderbilt, um, and what emergency vehicles have to do there. When I mean, we were nowhere near that, and probably, hopefully, never will be. But um, there are some answers and solutions that we'll put into place. Another thing that we've heard a little bit about the Chicago White Sox—they've talked about moving to the Nashville area. Has anybody? 
discussed anything about moving closer? I mean, if they were to move to this area, have any has anybody discussed anything about moving to the Murfreesboro area? Um, not directly. Uh, it's uh, you know, in in my past life, I've had some experience dealing with professional sports facilities. Um, you know, it's it's a big lift. It has a it has a lot of distinct advantages. Uh, benefits that it offers to a community, um, but uh, it's a it's a long-term big lift to to get there. We, we really haven't seen a lot on on that front. Um, but you know, if they if they did come, would I be surprised? Not really. I wouldn't. I mean, we we have a lot to offer. Um, it probably wouldn't be in the middle of Murfreesboro. Uh, I don't think that could be accommodated. But uh, there are some some good opportunities on the outside that are possible i mean you look at atlanta and the atlanta braves are in marietta and they've got a a really nice new stadium there so i could see something like that happening here yeah 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 it uh i mean there's always that possibility um you know if if uh if there's interest in there we obviously would look at it and talk to them about it uh thus far we haven't really been approached uh along those lines and we'll see what happens. I mean, Chicago White Knights, that's, that's a, you know, expansion is one thing. Moving a team is completely different. And um, moving involves a lot of things that sometimes people don't even think about, uh, what happens with a franchise when it does move. Um, but, you know, there's always that possibility. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what the future has. Does the city actively reach out to businesses and, and try to recruit them to bring them into our area? Yeah, we do. Uh, we do do that. We, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, um, we work closely with the Chamber of Commerce and they work closely with the state. Uh, we also work with uh, uh, Middle Tennessee and, the, and their associations through the TVA, who has an economic development arm. And there is the uh, Middle Tennessee Industrial Development Board. Uh, and they do a good job reaching out. So we have several avenues that we take to uh, try and attract the type of businesses that we're looking for uh, and, and uh, express all that we have to offer. We go to um, the conferences that uh, brokers will go to and, and really try and focus on and get the attention of uh, the major brokerages that, that are here in Middle Tennessee or obviously in Nashville. And so you know, we, we, we do what we can to get their attention. And when they have something come into their shop that's interested, they know what we have available. Are there any big items coming up on the city council agenda or any of the planning meetings that are right around the corner? Well, like I said, we have the Broad Street Project that's that's coming up, Project Keystone that's coming up on Thursday. That's, that's our biggest. And... Um, um, you know, from from week to week, uh, I'm trying to think what would come up. We we probably will our next meeting after tonight will probably be our workshop in uh, September, and um, we'll see if if we have an economic development announcement that we can make during that period of time. That's um, um, something that we're working on. Um, we're not sure. Sometimes what what needs to happen on these economic development. Uh, deals is the companies like to stay pretty close to the vest until they're really ready to announce everything. There's lots of reasons to do that. Um, Sometimes I don't always agree with them. You know, why a a big retailer would want to (laughs) 
<laughs> be quiet about coming in. I'm not too sure, but sometimes they do, uh, and they have they have their reasons. So I re- we we t- tend to respect those and try not to go out in front of them before they're ready. Now, is the city looking for a new planning director as well? We are. Um, our previous planning director, Greg McKnight, uh, was promoted to executive director of community development. So uh, he's heading up uh, both the uh, all all the community development efforts in there, including working closely with economic development, but handling planning and uh, uh, codes and and other aspects that are involved with uh, community development. So um, with that promotion, uh, it opened a position for a planning director. And um, and we're taking a look at that. I think it's an open position right now on um, uh, where we recruit individuals. Um, it's a I, I will tell you in, in any city that's particularly cities that are growing, a planning director position is is one that's um, uh, it has a lot of responsibilities, and um, uh, it, it requires a, a really unique mindset and individual that. Uh, that can fulfill that role and not just someone, you know, that is a true, strictly a true planner. There's a lot more to that once you get to the director level than uh, just strictly planning. I know last time you were on the air, it was around the same time that Smyrna announced they were going to do a a census recount. And I think you mentioned or somebody from the city mentioned that Murphy's Road probably would do the same in the near future. Is that any closer to reality at this point? We, you, you, you have to uh, apply to the state early on to allow for the special census to be undertaken. And I think that, that we have done that or are about to do that. And then once that happens, then um, you put together a process. It's not a cheap process. Uh, it does take a lot of effort and uh, we have to get uh, people uh, informed of and, and willing to participate in it to make it effective because it's an it's an actual account. The U.S. Census is done a little bit differently. They do an actual count, but they also do a lot of statistical analysis. Whereas the state, when we do the special census, uh, is a, is a straight count. Um, and the purpose of it, everybody does the same thing, so it's fine that that's the way to do it, as opposed to um, you know arguably a, a better process that the U.S. Census Bureau does. Uh, but as long as everybody's doing the same thing, it's okay because the purpose of it is really to take and divide up the state money. So um, if everybody's doing it equally, then you, know, you get your fair share. Uh, we are looking at that, and uh, I, think, I think we'll probably roll into that next year uh, to get that done. Again, City Manager Craig Tyndall on the air with us this morning, and that's going to do it for today's show. We'll post this on our website as a podcast in just a little while. But, Craig, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. My pleasure. Time right now, 8.58. Stay with us. We do have more news, including another look at CBS to find out what's happening around the country and around the world. All that comes your way next and local news as well. Again, the time right now, 8.58. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.
Hey guys, if you've noticed a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be Low T. Schedule your health assessment at Low T Center, where they now offer the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for only $155 a month cash pay or covered by most health insurance. If you don't live near a Low T Center or just need the convenience of at-home treatment, Low T Center makes it easy to get started on treatment. Only your first two visits are in person. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book online. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. 